passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Jordan Gowing. Thank you, Molly and Randy and worship team. Uh, it is so good to join our voices together and uh, commemorate uh, Christmas by singing. We, uh, <laughs> this is the first time my son has been in a service and he's talking to me, so I, I knew that was going to happen. Hi, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's, pray as we, uh, let's pray as we approach God's Word. <sighs> Father, we, uh, we do thank you. Uh, we thank you for the meaning of Christmas. We thank you for uh, the joy that it brings, uh, the significance of Christmas. And as we study your word now, we do ask that you would be present with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is appropriate for us uh, to spend time singing so many songs on, on Christmas because uh, our family loves Christmas. My two-year-old, uh, it seems like a day doesn't go by without him heading over to the piano in our house and banging out a couple songs and, and singing beautiful, beautiful songs for us. Or our one-year-old uh, dancing by nodding her head and bobbing like this while having this huge grin plastered on her face and uh, holding unsteadily onto the couch. Every single night, we end uh, with the four of us by slapping our hands on the table as loud as we can as our little drums as we sing songs that are filled with joy and laughter. And when it comes to Christmas, it seems like this is amplified even more. There's just something about Christmas that invokes song, isn't there? Even secular culture seems to, to get this connection. That's why Buddy the Elf, who can forget his famous phrase, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. Or the thing that upset the Grinch the most about the Who's down in Whoville was their singing. What is it about Christmas that causes us to sing, that makes us think of singing? What is it about this holiday that makes it so endearing to see so many little kids stand up front and sing Christmas songs for us? Well, it finds its origins in the very first Christmas. This morning, we took a little bit of time and looked at, at Luke chapter 2 and uh, the the. The, um, the message of the angels to the shepherds. And what I want to do this evening is, is spend some time looking at that passage again. Spend some time looking at the, the message or the significance of this angelic choir appearing to these uh, shepherds and the message of their song. If you have a Bible, I invite you to follow along in God, the gospel of Luke chapter 2. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen behind me. Please follow along, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's take a few moments and just consider verse 14, the the first Christmas song. The angels start their song by crying out, glory to God in the highest. And this song is really a refrain that has been sung from the dawn of time. This cry, glory to God in the highest, is the purpose of all creation to proclaim the glory of God. That's the reason the angels were created, and from their very creation, the angelic hosts have been declaring this truth, glory to God in the highest. As God created the sun, the moon, and the stars, the angels were watching, and they were crying out glory to God in the highest. As God shaped and formed the land, as God took the the land and formed majestic peaks and and awe-inspiring valleys, as he created the waters with all of their awesome power, the shepherds, or excuse me, the angels were watching and crying out glory. As God filled the seas with a dizzying array of diverse beauty, As God filled the land with all sorts of animals, with hooves and paws and claws and feet, the angels were watching, and they were crying out glory. And when God took a handful of dirt, and he shaped it, and formed it, and breathed life into it, and called it man, the angels were watching and crying out glory. When God was merciful to humanity, when they broke his heart in the garden, the angels were watching and crying out glory. When God saved a remnant of humanity from the flood on the ark, the angels were watching and crying out glory. When God revealed himself to Moses and the people of Israel on Mount Sinai, the angels were watching and crying out glory in every season, in every age, in every single thing. The angels have been watching and crying out glory to God in the highest. Their message to the shepherds that holy night was one that they had been well-versed in saying. Indeed, they were familiar with it from the very dawn of creation. Glory to God in the highest. Of course, there was something different about this song. The glory that the angels had been singing about from the very dawn of time paled in comparison to the glory that took place that night. No tongue had ever sung a song as sweet as the one that was on the lips of the angels that night when they announced the birth of Jesus when they announced the birth of the Savior King. First Peter tells us that angels long more than anything to be able to see the plan of salvation, to, to see the revealing of God's plan to save humanity, to see the arrival of Jesus Christ. And on that night, their hopes and longings began to be realized. I want you to just take a moment and imagine the heavenly hosts on that night thousands of years ago. 
Verse 13 tells us that it was a multitude that appeared in the heavens. And a multitude does not mean 10. A multitude does not mean 100. It does not mean 1,000. It means a number beyond count. Some speculate that every single angelic being of the heavenly host appeared that night in the stars. I tend to agree with them. After all, can you imagine being an angel and being left out that night? To being told that you had to be stuck in the heavens while the most amazing event in the universe was taking place. From east to west, from north to south, as far as the eye could see, angels filled the heavens, blotting out all of the stars with a dizzying display of luminous light as they cried out, glory to God in the highest. Imagine the angels that appeared there, those who stood and fought with Joshua and the people of Israel in the Old Testament, gleaming in their heavenly mail. The cherubim who guarded the garden in Genesis chapter 3 with their flaming swords stood there because the way to the garden to relationship with God was about to be opened once again. There stood the seraphim straight from Isaiah's vision before the throne of God now appearing in the heavens because the throne of God was touching earth. There stood Gabriel in all of his angelic accompaniment, crying out glory to God in the highest. There stood Michael, the captain of heaven's armies, with all of his lieutenants standing at rapt attention for the revealing of their king. Not an angel was missing, for no one wanted to miss the glory that was on display that night. You see, this song that they sang was one that they had sung from the beginning. It was something that was so sweet to them that night. Glory to God in the highest. And yet at the same time, the song was as old as time itself. They also sang a new song because God was doing something new on the earth that night. And so the angels didn't just sing glory to God in the highest. They also added a refrain that said, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Never before had there been peace like the angels described. I guess, let me rephrase that. There had been peace like that in the garden, but it was so normal for that peace to exist that it was just lumped into the idea of God's glory in the highest. And yet in the millennia since the Garden of Eden, humanity has lived in enmity toward God. They've lived in enmity toward one another and even toward themselves. The scarce few who have followed God may have had peace within, but the Deliverer had not yet been revealed. And so they did not know the source of their peace. It's not until this moment that we see the unveiling of the source of peace. You see, it's here at the first Christmas that only, not only do we see the true hope for peace in the world and for us, but we also see the, the belief or the truth that the rest of the New Testament is founded upon. 
The rest of the New Testament depends upon this Jesus being the one who brings peace for humanity. Romans chapter 5 declares, Therefore, since we have been justified by by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In all of Paul's letters, he begins by declaring peace. For the children of God now have peace with God. How is it that this peace could come from any other place but through God himself? Through God made man. How is it that there could be any sort of peace except for the children of man to find their peace in the Son of God who has become man? The message of the angels on that holy night is one that reverberates throughout the halls of history even to us tonight. You might be saying, well, what exactly is this peace? It's more than just the cessation of hostility, but instead it's the the restoration of relationship. It is the wholeness that we can all too often feel is missing from our relationships with our families at Christmas. It is the longing within each and every one of us when we see injustice in the world. And that injustice is redeemed and justice is satisfied. It is the kingdom of God come to earth. It is the return to the garden where we live in perfect relationship with God once again. No wonder the angels cried out, glory. You see, we can be tempted to think that God is uninterested in us, that God doesn't really care about us. But the message of Christmas tells us something completely different. The mere thought that God would become man tells us a different story. It's a story that tells us that God loves us, that God deeply cares for us, and that God longs to be restored into relationship with you. Consider the message of the angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. How unthinkable for us to search out this peace elsewhere. God forbid that we would ever seek to find peace by looking to another, whether it's another person or another object or our own efforts to fill this void. This first Christmas, we see a great, glorious, beautiful gift. The gift of peace. And it's only found at the feet of one person. And on that night, that person lie in a manger while the whole host of heaven looked on in adoration. Thousands of years ago, we had the first Christmas song. It was a song that was as ancient as time itself, and yet it was also a song of God doing something new in the world, but at the same time that we can marvel at the glory of God and salvation, at the same time that we can rejoice that we are given a peace and a rest and a significance found in Christ, we also, all too real, recognize that this isn't fully here. You see, we can cry out, 
glory to God in the highest, and yet we fail to glorify God daily. Our world is filled with actions and events and attitudes that detract from God's glory. We can say peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased, and yet we find ourselves prone to wonder. We see injustice around us. We see the threat of war is always at our doorstep. There are more people who have been killed in the past 150 years than in any other period in human history. We can say peace on earth, and yet our world is still broken, and we all know it. And so while this song is new and while this song is ancient, it is also a song of expectation. It is a song of longing, a song of hope. While it proclaims truth that we do see God's glory and salvation, that we do indeed experience peace as the people of God, at the same time, we long for it to be fully realized. And so along with the angels, we long for that truth to establish itself here on the earth. There is an, expect- there is an expectant hope in the angel's song. And we have that same expectant hope this evening. We long for the return of our Savior and our King, the one who appeared in Bethlehem thousands of years ago and who will one day again return with an angelic host to bring that glory and that peace in its fullness. And so this Christmas, if you find yourself prone to doubt, if you find your heart weak, fix your thoughts, fix your mind, your heart, your attitude on the song of the angels. Remind yourself that this is a God of glory. Remind yourself that this is the God who comes to bring peace. And even now, that peace is found reigning in your hearts. But we can have utmost confidence that one day it will fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. One pastor, hundred years ago, hundreds of years ago, declared it this way, yet a few more years... And the one who believes will see why the angels sang. A few more years and the one who who receives him will find rest. Christ the Lord will come again and when he comes, he will reign from pole to pole with illimitable sway. He will reign when like a scroll, the heavens pass away. No strife will be found in Messiah's reign. No blood will then be shed. The hour approaches, the first streaks of the sunlight make glad this age in which we Live. Oh, brothers and sisters, when the angels sang this song, there was an echo through the long uh, aisles of a glorious future. We're beginning to see the first rays of the sunlight of that song. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Yet a few more years, and we will see his glory revealed. Yet a few more years, and we will see peace flood the earth. And so when you falter, when you stray, when you stumble, when you doubt, bring your heart back to this song, a song of expectation sung by the angels. Make this Christmas a Christmas of song. 
specifically the song of that first Christmas sung by the angels. You see, singing implies joy. It would have been unthinkable for the angels that night to be singing uh, and appearing in their glorious array and yet be half-hearted or be solemn. Christmas means, or excuse me, singing means joy, and the angelic song was so filled with joy that it spilled into the hearts of the shepherds that night. And so this Christmas make it a joy-filled one, not centering on fading pleasures, but instead on the unfading joy found in glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Make this Christmas an ancient song, one that echoes through the ages telling us of the wondrous glory and majesty of Christ. Make it a new song, a song of peace, a song of rest, a song of wholeness, a song of contentment, a song of your peace now with God. And make it a song of expectant longing, a song that recognizes that while God's glory is here, it is not yet fully revealed, that while we do have peace, it has not yet fully filled the earth. Let us join our voices with the angels from that night in expectation and in hope for the coming of our Savior and our King. Let's pray. Jesus, it is our heart's desire to see you return. We long for your glory to fill the earth even as, your, as the water floods the seas. We long to see peace established on the earth to see injustice, to see brokenness, to see hurt, and to see pain done away with by the one who wipes every tears from our eye. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Jordan's sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.